Flawcast episode 170, The Folly of Deconstructionism. Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace. So sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. Martin Luther. Flawcast. Get in the arena. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever you're listening. Uh, our esteemed Flawcast listeners want to welcome and thank everybody for tuning in another week. I want to thank everybody for the great responses from the last episode. Um, people really, I guess, missed or uh, kind of just prefer the uh, more conspiratorial theory, uh, just kind of thinking about thing episodes, because um, got a real good uh, response from our last episode. Uh, something's happening here. So I want to thank you guys for that and um, appreciate it. So hopefully this one will kind of maybe fall in between uh different things. But before I get into that, I do want to welcome once again and thank everybody. Please share. Uh, we're asking that you would just share these episodes because that's the that's the one thing that we really need to help get this these messages out that we believe God's given us and uh, you know our observations of culture and kind of where we are at things in, at this point. So if you're listening to this, uh, we just need you to share. We I believe you know somebody that needs to hear these things that would benefit from hearing these things that would be encouraged that would be challenged uh, from hearing the kind of episodes that we put out so please you listening right now whether in your car your earbuds uh, on your phone wherever share just say hey check this out i think you dig this um and we are anywhere podcast are you can listen to us on uh, itunes google play spotify breaker anchor.fm we are on the video platform rumble i want to thank all of our listeners on rumble uh just such a great platform um just uh you know people reaching out chump for trump thank you for uh reaching out in the comments you leave just appreciate you so much and everyone else on that platform uh you can find us on the project mockingbird social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are also on Getter and Gab. There is a link below to uh, get a copy of my books, Miss Heart of Man Repair Manual. I know it's been out for a while. Um, progress on the new book is very slow. Uh, just because there's a lot more involved with this project, it's a it, it's a totally different kind of a book. So uh, it's taken a little longer than initially expected, but it will be coming hopefully before. The return of Christ. But <laughs> um, our email is flawedincle at gmail.com. Uh, have any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up there or on our social media. Um, and I forgot, and people reminded me, so thank you. I did forget last week to do the Pledge of Allegiance. So we're going to go ahead and get into that real quick. Uh, so take your right hand, put it over a left heart, and I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. So this episode, um, it, it, I call it the folly of deconstructionism, and I, I'm going to kind of get into more uh, of uh, an understanding of what deconstructionism or deconstructionalism, depending on who you talk to, is. But there is this movement going on right now, not really. It's coming in the church, but it's moving outside of the church because it's this movement where people are deconstructing 
their faith. And I'm going to get into that, but there's been a couple things that have happened in the last few weeks that have really hit me. Uh, you know, I, Jesus introduced himself to me 25 years ago. So I'm quarter of a century, which makes me feel very old. Um, you know, I, I've been doing the best I can to love Christ and, and be an example and, and, and be as much like him as I know how to be. And, you know, in that time, I've seen people come, I've seen people go. I've seen ministers rise and unfortunately ministers fall. I've seen a lot of things that I thought would have never changed, but I see things that it's completely gone 180. And this is a new movement that with anything, it, it its intention might be good, but as we know, the uh, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, you know, one of the things that was so huge for me in, in my um, quest, my journey on a relationship for Christ is having music that I could relate to, having music that really spoke to me, uh, because music is a huge part of my life. And by and large, and and especially today, most quote-unquote Christian music does not speak to me. And a lot of it is just a lack of originality, a lack of um, lyrical uh, prowess, if you will. Um, You know, I normally gravitate to people who are singer-songwriters, or, or at least songwriters, you know, that's why, um, you know, guys like Robbie Robertson from the band or Adam Duritz from Counting Crows, um, even though he's a communist now, like Bruce Springsteen, a lot of his early stuff, you know, Jim Croce, Warren Zevon, just gentlemen who could write clever lyrics or at least thought provoking lyrics was so important to me. And when I became a Christian, God really put some bands in my path or musicians in my path that really helped me. And in the last few month to few weeks, a lot of these musicians have gone through this deconstruction path to where they have completely turned their back on the gospel, have completely renounced their relationship with Christ. And I see this happening. It's, it's, it's like a cancer right now. I'm just going to share some of these people, not not to dog them or to put them on blast or throw shade at them, but because these are people that are making public decorations of this, and in that they have a desire to pull people away from the faith with them. So I'm going to speak about them specifically because these people have put themselves out there, and and in that in that regard, I want to talk about and expose the the folly of deconstructionism. So um, the one that these few these couple first ones really hit me hard. So a gentleman named Derek Webb from a band called Cayman's Call, who they were literally one of the first Christian bands that. Uh, wove really good music uh, musicianship with thought-provoking theologically sound lyrics um, and now you know the last like month or so he had a number one hit with um, a trans Christian singer which is it, it's like an oxymoron um, on Christian radio and it's like they completely denounced their faith he calls himself a hopeful atheist but he's completely renounced and um, just changed his stance on the gospel. And he wrote this song called Wedding Dress. If you can't, go and listen to this song. 
It's called Wedding Dress. It's probably Spotify. I, I know you put up on YouTube or wherever the case may be. This song is so powerful, so theologically sound that I have not, in the years I've known of this song, I've not been able to listen to it and not have a tear come to my eye because it is so powerful with the absolute truth of the gospel, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. Another gentleman, his name is Fanatic. He was from a, a, a hip, a, one of the very first like impactful Christian hip hop groups called the Cross Movement. Um, and, and the funny thing is, uh, these are bands that I listen to still regularly. Like when I go on my walks, the Cross Movement. I was literally just listening to them like the week before on on one of my walks when I go and I pray and I spend time with God. Before I found out about this, um, the the fanatic who was one of the main uh, band members, is, uh, after 30 years, says he just removes himself. He cannot amen any longer to what he used to amen. Um, and I'm going to get more into that. But uh, once again, um, another gentleman named Joshua Harris, who, uh, when I first became a Christian, wrote this book called "I Kiss Dating Goodbye," which was a revolutionary act, and 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 it sparked the idea. Uh, Purity, um, uh, you know, and, and waiting until marriage, you know, uh, for any kind of sexual intercourse, even kissing, um, any kind of sex, you know, and it start this purity movement um, when I was a, uh, a youth pastor, and it was awesome. Now this guy's, you know, left his wife, completely renounced his faith. He, he, he resigned from um, being the youth pastor, or I'm sorry, the lead pastor of the church he was at. Um, Another gentleman, uh, this one really hurt too, Phil Vischer, who created VeggieTales, who if you don't know who that is, uh, VeggieTales was like this animated cartoon thing. They had uh, Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber who would you know, go through these uh, Bible stories, um, and it was really for kids, but it was cute. But this is another gentleman who's deconstructed his faith. Um, uh, another guy who, this is a book I read years ago when I first became a Christian, really hit me. Um, Donald Miller, he wrote this book, Blue Like Jazz. Great book, great book. But this guy has deconstructed his faith. And there's even, I guess looking back in hindsight, you can even see how that was kind of maybe in the works. Um, a gentleman named Kevin Max from DC Talk, uh, which is a huge thing. I even remember working at record stores um, in high school and the Jesus Freak album came out and it was selling like huge. It's it just amazing to me. Um, another gentleman, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jen Hatmaker is her name. She's a theologian. Another gentleman, Rob Bell, who's a theologian, who used to be the pastor of this place called Mars Hill um, and just completely, not only just renounced his faith, but now is preaching, I, I, you know, he's almost like an evangelism of the devil, or evangelist of the devil, if you will. Um, John Stock Nelson, another Christian band, um, a gentleman named Paul Maxwell, who wrote the book Desiring God. Uh, another gentleman, uh, his name is David Glass. He was a this mega church pastor, just huge, like 10,000 plus member church, just completely renouncing his face, faith. And this one, uh, Dan Hasseltine from Jars of Clay, which is interesting because he's actually composing the music for the TV show, The Chosen, which just goes to, you know, I've had questions about The Chosen. Uh, just a lot of it doesn't really sit well in my spirit. And this is just more evidence that I think we need to, uh, you know, as members of a faith community, uh, of believers of Christ really need to be more cautious about what we take in. But for those of you who are not familiar with the idea of deconstructionism or deconstructionalism, uh, I want to read 
an article I found. And I'm going to, once again, link will be in, in the description. Uh, this is called The Age of Deconstruction and the Future of the Church. This was um, by um, Curtis Vanderpool. This is from 2021. So this is a little, you know, it's about a year and a half, two years old. Um, but it was interesting how he talked about this then. And how we are now seeing the fruition uh, and, and the expansion of this. But um, Christians are falling right and left. Evangelicals and Protestants alike are grasping feebly to understanding what is causing this wave of evolving faith polarity referred to as deconstructionism. In short, deconstruction, a popular term that refers to the practice of to revisiting and rethinking long-held beliefs, especially in the Christian faith. Richard Rohr is perhaps the most well-known Christian leader to popularize this term. Rohr often describes healthy faith development as one that undergoes three stages. One, construction, building your belief system and worldview. Two, deconstruction, challenging that worldview and subsequent beliefs. Three, reconstruction, building a new, more holistic set of beliefs and worldview. A few years ago, deconstruction was a new term giving some ground, getting some ground in the public. Today, it's a culture-wide phenomenon with thousands of books, podcasts, and social media accounts dedicated to it. Uh, once again, I'll put that link below. It explains a little more, but this whole thing with deconstruction, it, once again, it's like the devil sees a little crack in a hole or a little crack in the door and gets his foot in. And it's this idea of deconstructing your faith. Okay. And, and the, on the onset, a lot of it, okay, I, it makes sense to me, meaning in the church, there are a lot of things that people teach that a lot of things people believe and put into practice that are simply not the gospel. Everything about the prosperity movement is simply not the gospel. Uh, everything about this uh, neo-American kingdom of God philosophy is not the gospel. Um, th there's a lot of things that are being taught right now that just don't line up with the gospel. And that's a, that's just a fact. That's not even my opinion. So it's this idea of questioning where, why do we practice these things? Why are these things being taught? Why is this happening in lieu of the, the dominance of the scripture and where we fall into that and how Holy Spirit guides us. But what is happening now is that the devil is taking these moments of doubt these moments are where we have a crisis of faith. Uh, we see people fall who are leaders in the church, and we, and we see uh, a lot of hurt. Um, you know, I could even do a whole podcast on the, the church hurt I've had. Uh, and, and that's not me alone. I'm not saying that because I'm the only person that's ever been involved with anything like that. I'm just saying that now it's become a crutch to where... There are these things that are being twisted to be said, well, the God of the Bible and what the Bible itself says is, in fact, fallible. And it is, in fact, non-believable because this, this, and this. And there were four observations I had in regards to a lot of similarities between all these people because I've listened to Derek Webb talk. I've listened a lot recently to the Fanatic talk. I've listened to Phil Vischer. Uh, I, I, I've listened. I've read articles from Joshua Harris. Uh, just a lot of the people that in this, I, I've actually heard and read in their own words. And, and there's a similarity, even though you look at a guy like Cayman's, uh, Derek Webb from Cayman's Call, 
uh, and then a, a guy like the fanatic from the cross movement. And you would think that usually the, those musical styles and genres wouldn't necessarily mesh, uh, or at least, you know, have any coherence, but where the coherence is, is that these guys are speaking the exact same thing. Um, but there are four and there's plenty more, but there's four that I picked out, uh, that are just surefire signs like when you see these things or when you're surrounded by a a group that are partaking in this or when you are maybe even yourself examining these things that you should just kind of look and be careful uh, but the first one is they they're normally very solidly rooted in progressivism or are a member and active in a progressive church a very left-leaning church a lot of these people, not every single one of them, but a lot of these people are very much involved in progressivism, and that starts to ultimately shift and change their worldview, and they allow that to corrode the truth of the Gospels to where they, they, they start to make modern-day political issues and manipulate them to fit into Jesus's words or Jesus's lack of words or, you know, whatever it, it, they basically mold it into fitting their narrative with this. Another thing I noticed is that a lot of these people, when they were, uh, you know, walking with Christ and they were um, in ministry in this regard, the same fervor that they had as they were a Christian and evangelizing and teaching and, and sharing the truth of the gospel, they now have that same exact fervor for getting people to renounce their faith, to getting people to uh, renounce that that Jesus is the Lord and, and that the Lord of the Bible is real and that the, the, the predominance of the scripture um, is really the linchpin of all of existence in human history. Um, the same exact intensity and fervor they had serving God, they now use that in the opposite way. So they used to want to bring people to Christ in a deepened relationship with Christ. Now they have that same fervor in pulling people away, tearing people away from that same faith. Another thing I've noticed is that a lot of them come from a very strict or very legalistic background. Uh, a lot are Calvinists, a lot um, uh, very, maybe very, very strict um, Pentecostal or charismatic, though, uh, which I can certainly understand and relate, but there is a lot of uh, a strictness in their upbringing or in their development as a Christian. And the idea of grace has been uh, manipulated, I believe, and exploited by the modern church. But the idea of grace is so important that, you know, and I can speak certainly myself, in my first, you know, maybe five to 10 years as a Christian, the idea of God is a black and white God just really, you know, was just so deeply dug into these people. And it wasn't until years later where I believe that, you know, God really spoke to me and showed me the idea of faith, that faith isn't found in, in neighborhoods of black or neighborhoods of white, but it's found in those areas of, of gray, because faith itself in Hebrews is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have the idea of faith, but it is not something that is as of yet tangible. Because who hopes for what they already have? 
And the other thing that I noticed, um, and this kind of ties into the first view, is that many of them take issues such as social justice, science, politics, LGBTQ plus rights, and um, these issues, and they misconstrued them in light of the Bible. And and what I mean is that, and this is where it ties into the first one, and this is the dangerous thing about deconstructionism. I agree wholeheartedly that we need to take a look at our faith. We need to look and examine our heart. Are, are we Are we going to church because that's predominantly where our social circle lies? Is our heart being continually captivated and ravished by Christ himself, his father, the Lord of the Bible. Are we doing things vainly? Are we doing things out of tradition? Are we doing things because they have no biblical background but it's, uh, or no biblical basis even because, um, well, this is how we've always done it, so we're going to do it this way. I believe in the merit of really examining our heart. You know, even um, David said, search me, search my heart, O God, know my wicked ways. There is a a biblical principle for being able to search our heart, being uh, vulnerable and authentic before Christ. I'm a big proponent of authenticity that, you know, we need to be authentic before God and with ourselves before anyone else so that we can heal and we can learn and be taught and move forward in the truth of the gospel. But the, the, the idea of, you know, the social justice or the gay rights or this or that, it's, it goes back to the idea that deconstructionism has no set definition. Like social justice means one thing to me. It means another thing to another person. It's all subjected on, or it's, it's all subjugated on whose definition is being used at the time. When I hear the word deconstruction, what that means is that my faith was challenged and I'm allowing emotions to dictate my beliefs. And listen, emotions are real and big emotions are really, really big real. However, the heart, as the Bible says, is deceitfully wicked among all things. Who can know it? And I know that there are times that I've made emotional decisions and I've ended up regretting it and that, you know, emotionality gets the better of me. And I know if it happens to me, it doesn't, it happens to everybody. But the danger in this deconstructionism is that no one that I've heard takes accountability for their own mistakes, it is either church hurt or the Bible's fail, uh, the Bible's wrong, the Bible's deceitful, or, you know, God, how, how can you be real in all this pain and all this injustice is going on in the world? Or, you know, whatever litany um, of excuses or reasons that these people give. And I, I want to share some scripture because, you know, my opinion doesn't, it means buckets, it doesn't matter. But what does matter is, is, God's word. And we have to continually bring people back to God's word. I personally believe the church is in the crisis that it is because they not, you know, um, Mark 12, 24, my one buddy, Paul, and shout out to you, buddy, if you're listening, I miss you, man. But we used to joke with one another. We used to say, you know, we do something stupid or, you know, say something stupid, Mark 12, 24. And it, Mark 12, 24 says, you are an heir because you know not the scripture nor the power of God. And I feel like the church today is largely 
in error because they know not the scripture. They don't know what God's word says because they've been taught not to read it or they don't need it or they'll watch something like The Chosen and think that's an accurate representation of what the, the gospel really is. And they're, you know, they know not the power of God. We read throughout, literally from Genesis to Revelation, that we have this powerful, supernatural God that does miracles as it, from creation speaking the word of the world into creation to literally raising the dead. And we are not in the church of America, perhaps I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with that, but we are predominantly not seeing these kind of things. So it, it's a combination of what Christ himself said in Mark 12, 24, we are in error because we know not the scripture nor the word of God. So um, this says here in Hebrews chapter six, verse, verses four to six, this is from the Amplified. For it is impossible to restore to repentance those who have once been enlightened spiritually and who have tasted and consciously experienced the heavenly gift and have shared the Holy Spirit and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted and consciously experienced the good word of God and the powers of the age world to come. And they have fallen away. It is impossible to bring them back again to repentance since they again nailed the Son of God on the cross. For as far as they are concerned, they are treating the death of Christ as if they were not saved at all and are holding him up again again to public disgrace. So what it says, what the writer of Hebrews here says is that once someone turns their back on Christ, it's impossible to bring them to repentance. And a little side note, repentance is the key. It's not just simply saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, my bad. We need to be one of a repentant or a contrite heart. Apologizing is so important, but the idea of repentance is I'm going, I'm walking west and I repent and I turn and go 180 degrees and I start walking east. You turn your back on once you once embraced and once you once walked towards and in and you turn your back uh, against it. Simply apologizing and saying, I'm sorry, doesn't cut it. Let me read another uh, verse here. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 to 4. Preach the word as an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right and even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency. When the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome, correct those who err in doctrine or behavior. Warn those who sin. Exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. For the time, this is important right here, verse 3, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction. That challenges them with God's truth. But wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desire and to support with errors what they hold, and will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable. So we see here Paul 
talking to Timothy. He was a, a, a young minister, a young preacher. And what Paul says to Timothy is this. He says, once again, in verse 3, For a time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenge them with God's truth. Listen, there's nothing about being a Christian that's easy. And if you think it is, I, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but it isn't. Uh, it, it is challenging every moment of every day. Um, not only is there a huge spiritual war going on that, that we're fighting just living in the world, but we're also fighting a war within ourselves. Uh, we're, we're constantly, you know, battling our flesh, our evil desires, things that we just individually want to do, let alone all like the evil and, and everything that we see in the world. And what Paul is warning Timothy and thusly warning us is that a time is going to come. People are not going to accept it. They're not going to accept the truth. They're not going to accept the gospel. That they're going to listen to these false doctrines. And they're going to hear people who are saying one thing. And they're like, oh yeah, that's, that's what I want to hear. And they're going to raise them up. And they're, they're basically elevating and promoting liars, deceivers, uh, people who are, it, it's like they're these demonic evangelists, if you will. And um, it's just such a, a haunting uh, reminder that, that Paul tells young Timothy as a young man in, in the ministry to warn them, like, this is going to happen. And, and it's a warning to us also that even as we're going through this time, and maybe you listen to this might be kind of tempted to say, well, you know, is my faith real? Is this, God, are you real? Look at all this stuff happening. It'd be so much easier if I didn't struggle. It'd be so much easier for this and that. And what I'm telling you is that that's, that's not the way. That nothing good comes easy. Nothing worthwhile comes easy. And the thing that just hurts with all these people is that they had a role, not just in my life, I'm sure, many, many other helping to establish people on a system of belief that they now are doing their best to not only debunk, but dissuade others to partake take in. And, th and that's when, once again, you know, the, the writer of Hebrews says that it, they're like cru crucifying Christ all over again, basically. Uh, here's Matthew 24, verses 10 to 13. This is what Jesus himself said. It says, At that time, many will be offended and repelled by their association with me and will fall away from the one whom they should trust and will betray one another, handing over believers to their persecutors and will hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who endures and bears up under suffering to the end will be saved. Literally, Christ just gave you in two sentences, I'm sorry, three sentences, the absolute crux of this episode. That... <laughs> Many will be offended and repelled by their association with me or with Christ. This is him saying that people are going to be repelled. These people, when you listen to them, they, they like, how could I believe that? How could I have spent 30 years of my life doing this? You know, blah, 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 blah. And Christ warns about that. And listen, once again, I, I understand, like, the idea of deconstruction. I understand. I understand. Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. I understand the idea of looking and examining your faith in lieu of where your heart and mind are and how that matches up to the scriptures. The scriptures are the truth and 
it's God's word. The, the word was with God. The word was God. As it says in John chapter 1, verse 1, as uncomfortable and as much as we ourselves as humans may wish it differently, it's not. If that truth does not, or if what we're believing or what we're saying or what we're doing does not line up with the truth of the gospel, we are in danger and we really need a, a come to back or come to Jesus moment to realign ourselves. So, you know, I just gave you three scriptures that quantify, and, and there's so many more, but these scriptures basically just quantify or talk about the, the warning that these movements, and I'm sure they've come all throughout history. I'm sure there's been times when people have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm not, you know, I don't believe that, or I don't believe this or this or that. And I know like, you know, just throughout my years of trying to, or wanting to be a minister, you just meet people like, yeah, I went to church when I was young, but you know, God isn't real or he never showed himself or this or that. And it's hard because you're arguing logically with people who are working in a realm of emotions. If they were using logic, they would really evaluate, well, was I looking? Was I asking? Was I doing what I know I need to do in order to have God gravitate towards me and me gravitate towards him? You know, it says in James 4, 8, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. But it's that idea of submitting to God, you know, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. It's that idea of we need to, we need to do our part. You know, uh, you know, um, once again, my buddy, Paul, uh, I remember he always used to tell me, God has a part. We have a part. We can't do God's part and he won't do our part. So it's this idea of, you know, you're, you're really wrestling with two different trains of thought, emotion and logic. And, and the devil really wreaks havoc in everyone's emotions. I don't care who you are. Um, everyone's emotions. Um, and, and then, you know, being more sound minded, being filled with wisdom and, and knowledge, which is where reading God's word comes into play. And I'm just, I'm just saying this, that I think I've heard a few people talk out about this. I've heard a few members of um, the cross movement that are still in the cross movement. Um, you know, the ambassador, um, earthquake, try to be supportive of the fanatic in regards of, Hey man, you know, we love you. This is wrong. And, and even speaking of people who are disheartened and are, are listening. And, and that's the thing as, as much sway and as much influence as God had put into these people to, um, grow their faith or to lead them to faith. It's like they're now being used in that by the devil in that other to that other way to take people from faith, to discourage them. And, you know, I appreciate like earthquake and, and the ambassador trying to talk to people to encourage them and say, Hey, listen, God is real. He is still on the throne. Christ's word is supreme in every aspect of our lives. And just because one person is faltering, you hold fast to your faith. You hold strong to your faith and to Christ because that's the only thing that's going to help anchor you and keep you safe in these days. So I just wanted to talk about this. I know another person I hear talk about it is John Cooper. Uh, he's the lead singer of Skillet. He has a uh, Cooper Stuff is the name of his podcast. Great podcast if you get a chance to listen to it. But um, what I want to say to in people is that this is happening. If, if this is new to you, then be on the lookout. Um, be very cautious of, you know, a lot of people I know who are Christians, or I'm only going to let Christian quote unquote entertainment or Christian this or Christian that you got to really be careful 
um, you know, a, a lot of things like Maverick City, and um, I'm not throwing shade, but even like some stuff like Lecrae or the 116 Click or whatever he's involved with, like, there's just some things that are like happening that make me wonder. And we need to be grounded first in Christ and in the Word so that we will be able to identify these false teachers and false prophets as Jesus himself mentioned. So I'm just really passionate about this because, once again, these are people that had a huge part in my early development and to see where they're at and see that they're now going against the grain, you know, it's just like we got to pray for them and, and we got to really just guard ourselves. We, once again, something that I've been really talking about lately, just being a, a watchman on the tower um, and not like in Jehovah win this way, but just guarding your heart, guarding the, your family, the people you love, their heart and, and all that. So um, I appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to close this out in prayer like I've been trying to. I'm actually going to lift these all these people up because it's a little different. But, you know, Paul, well, when he was Saul of Tarsus, literally killed Christians. He hunted them down and, and killed them. He he was there and ordered the, the martyrdom of Stephen. Uh, we read about in Acts uh, 5, 6, 5 and 6. Um, and God can change him and turn him around, but, um, you know, he never gave up on his faith. You know, uh, Peter denied Christ three times, and, and then he became the Petra, you know, the, the rock that uh, the church was built on. I believe that if you're in this position that Christ will welcome and take you back. Um, but true repentance has to happen. And in order for that to happen, the light of who the reality of Christ is and the supremacy of the word of God has to reign in your heart. So Lord, I just thank you for giving me words today. Please help me stay firmly rooted in your in the faith that you've given me um, and keep myself aligned with the scriptures. Lord, I just lift up Derek Webb. I lift up the fanatic. I lift up Joshua Harris, Phil Vischer, Donald Miller, Kevin Max, Jen Hatmaker, Rob Bell, John Steingard, Paul Maxwell, David Glass, Dan Hasseltine, and any other people that, um, whether they be like these predominant people or not, uh, that are struggling, that have quote-unquote deconstructed their faith and walked away from you. God, I ask that you would just literally send Holy Spirit to to bombard them, that everywhere they go, just a reminder of them, that you would just let them know the trueness and the realness of who you are and the saving grace that is found only in the Gospels. And God, I just ask that if anyone is struggling uh, with their faith, that if anyone needs reassurance, that you would calm their heart, that you would send them whether it be you speak to them, whether you would send them a message, whether uh, a miracle sign or wonder would appear, that they would succinctly know that you have them, that you have them as the apple of your eye. And I ask right now, Lord, that you would just do that and that you would not be long in your response. In Jesus' name, amen. And I, Guys, I, I'm just, I just feel like this is a part of the time that we're in. You know, this idea of how examining your heart and examining the, the church you're part of or the beliefs that you have and why you do the things you do is really becoming a, a, a slippery slope. And I, I, I applaud people who examine their heart, who want to be authentic before God. But we have to be diligent that we are not going to be wooed by lesser lovers and that we are not going to be 
literally led down a path of destruction by false prophets and false teachers and, and the wisdom of this age. So guys, please make sure you share this. You can find us anywhere podcasts are under Flawcast, CLE, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor.fm. You can find us under Flawed Inc. on the video platform Rumble. Um, we are on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're on Getter and Gab. Uh, link below. Get a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. I do appreciate that. And I, I will be probably talking about that until the next book comes out. And when the next book comes out, I'll still be talking about the old book because I'm really proud of it. And I, I, I believe that is something God gave me. And I believe it's something so necessary uh, for these days that we're in. Uh, but uh, once again, our email is flawedincle at gmail.com. And uh, send us a message. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or once again, you can send us a message on our uh, social media. But guys, listen, we, this is treachery of the highest order, uh, and that's against God. And we need to really be firm and sound in our faith. And the devil wants to, you know, like he's our adversary is like a roaring lion seeking to devour whomever he can. Um, don't let yourself become his prey. Amen.